Texas took the dauntless step last week to enact a strange and almost absolute abortion ban. The U.S. Supreme Court decided in a 5-4 vote not to intervene. And when that happened, a bunch of liberals I know said, that's it. Roe v. Wade is no longer the law of the land. That kind of talk is understandable, and I guess technically correct. But from the perspective of abortion care activists in Texas, it's also kind of counterproductive. Like, it's meant to make people think that abortion is illegal everywhere, not just in Texas. Ana Rupani works for Fund Texas Choice, an abortion support group. She has come to resent the way the new Texas law is discussed. The way it's being talked about, people think that they're going to get in trouble for getting an abortion, when that's not the case. The people that would get in trouble would be folks like myself and the clinicians and the providers and the abortion funds and potentially anyone else in between. The in-between part is what's so novel about this new abortion law. Texas now bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, but it also allows private citizens to sue anyone who helps or intends to help someone else get an abortion in the state. Complainants whose lawsuits are successful would get $10,000 from the person they're hauling to court under the law. It's written so vaguely that it scares people to even donate. It scares people to, like, do ride shares. Being scared is rational. Texas clinics have reported an uptick in surveillance outside their buildings. People in the parking lot taking pictures, jotting things down. A couple weeks ago, an anti-abortion group called Texas Right to Life began soliciting tips from people. People, quote, on the sidewalks at the abortion mills. Submit information with as many details as possible. You can stop abortion by protecting women and children from unsafe criminal abortions. Abortion clinics in Texas saw a surge in patients last week, people rushing in to get their procedures before they became illegal. Anna's group was swamped, too. She says the caseload at Fund Texas Choice more than doubled. We've been contacting clinics kind of all over the nation, not just kind of here in our region, not in just Texas, because, you know, there's clinics that we don't always work with um, that may not know FTC exists um, or Fund Texas Choice exists, but we want them to know it does. And so if they get a Texas patient, they can make sure to send them our way. Because you anticipate a lot more people from Texas will be leaving the state to obtain abortions. Yeah. Based on a survey, 98% of the clients we've worked with would not gotten a procedure in Texas if this law were to have been in effect before. Today on the show, the view from Texas where the deck was already stacked against anyone seeking an abortion. Now, there are hardly any more cards left to play. I'm Mary Wilson. I'm filling in for Mary Harris. This is What Next. Keep listening. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ana Rupani worked as a lawyer for several years before entering the abortion rights realm. She started her job at Fund Texas Choice at an inauspicious time 
right as the Supreme Court's conservative majority was being solidified. My final interview was the day after Ruth Bader Ginsburg had died. <laughs> so it was it was tough. It was like a decision. Do, do I go this route knowing what's ultimately going to happen? So, yeah, I interviewed for a position knowing what was coming. One thing to know about Anna's organization is it doesn't provide abortions. It helps people deal with the costs and hurdles around getting one. The work that we do is... It's often referred to as a silent backbone of abortion work. Um, and what we call ourselves are patient navigators. And so, you know, if someone can't afford their abortion, they can't get to their abortion. So we do everything kind of, we try to help the individual with everything in between from booking their, after they've booked their appointment and then what's next basically to get to their appointment and then how do they come back? So we will book their travel. We will book their lodging. We will help them get food. We will help them with ride shares to and from the airport. The lodging and the ride shares can be the difference between someone getting the procedure they want or not. Because in Texas, even before this latest ban was on the books, there was a long list of obstacles to abortion care. One of the biggest barriers is the waiting period. Um, so there's a mandatory 24-hour waiting period between the sonogram and the procedure, unless you live over 100 miles away from the clinic. And so, you know, the distance, right? Um, Texas is so great in size, but there aren't a lot of clinics everywhere in size. So a lot of our clients have to travel hundreds of miles um, each way, or they have to leave the state. So our clients in West Texas tend to go to New Mexico because that's closer than going to a clinic in Texas. And then there's a whole nother layer of crisis pregnancy centers that exist who tout themselves as they're going to help you figure it out. Um, and they're going to help you get the care that you need to make the best decision you want to make but they're anti-choice. They don't have any laws restricting the kind of information they give. And so sometimes they will lie to the client and say, or lie to the patient and say, you're only four weeks along or five weeks along, even though they're eight to 10 weeks along. And we've seen clients come to us like 17 weeks along that they thought they were 12 weeks along and had more time to get to the clinic, but they don't. And the, um, the other side of it all is there are a limited amount of clinics. And so they get full. The clinics get full, yeah. Yeah, the clinics get full. And so then the clients can't get in within a certain time or only have so much availability and the clinic's availability may not match up. So before this new ban, near ban, went into effect in Texas, the, the cutoff for getting an abortion in that state was, was at the 20-week mark. Under the new law, it's at six weeks. Can you explain, for people who don't have a uterus, why that makes it really difficult to obtain an abortion legally? Yeah, I mean, that's two weeks after a missed period. Now, most folks don't know they've missed their period until it's literally two weeks later. Um, and so at that point, you realize you've missed your period and you do a pregnancy test and realize you're pregnant. By the time you get into a clinic, which again, wait times can be very significant, you're well beyond the six-week mark. And that's why I said 98% of our clients would not have been able to access an abortion in Texas had this law been effect before, because a lot of our clients are eight weeks and beyond. And so you're taking away 14 weeks of ability to access the abortion. That used to be allowed in Texas. Yeah. Um, but the way Texas wrote it is... So unprecedented. And even the Supreme Court decisions refer to that. 
that the way Texas has written this law is so unprecedented because they're trying to bypass judicial scrutiny by the state not enforcing it, but allowing other citizens to enforce it. And so basically deputizing everyone. Yeah, the Supreme Court weighed in on this ban in the middle of the week, um, about 24 hours after it went into effect. The conservative majority declined to block the law from going into effect, but Chief Justice Roberts uh, dissented. And he said that the Texas law is not only unusual, but unprecedented, that it essentially delegated enforcement of the law to the populace at large. And that, quote, the desired consequence appears to be to insulate the state from responsibility for implementing and enforcing the regulatory regime. I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) Can you untangle a little bit what this tussle is over um, over you're trying to escape judicial scrutiny by pushing off the responsibility for enforcing this law onto private citizens? Yeah. So, you know, Roe v. Wade established the floor in terms of who gets access to um, abortion and at least what the floor should be. And the floor was the state cannot get involved in a person's decision in the first trimester. You have at least the first trimester. And so the state cannot be involved in a person's decision on what they do with their pregnancy in the first 12 weeks. And so six weeks is obviously violative of that, right? Um, So that's technically unconstitutional. But the state is not technically involved here. Exactly. So the state isn't the one acting. And so by saying the state isn't going to act, they're trying to avoid being scrutinized as saying, well, it's technically not unconstitutional because the state isn't doing anything. So is your organization worried about getting sued? That is something that has crossed our minds multiple times in multiple months of this year, even before the law was passed. Mm, What do you mean? Why why do you say that? I mean, we all, you know, we collectively watch what's happening in the legislature, right? And so we're reading all of the anti-abortion laws that are going through the legislature. And we saw this law and we're shocked, Hmm. shocked that something like, like, we're like, this is terrible. This is this is ridiculous. Like, no, it never would have passed. And whew, it's passed and it's here. Um, so this is something we've thought about for a long time, that there's a possibility of us getting sued. And it's not just sued one time. It's like, who knows how many lawsuits? Yeah. And I think that's why Texas orgs collectively have been saying this is not OK. And folks are willing to just like willing to do what they can. I'm not going to say folks are will, f- folks are going to abide by the law, right? We're all going to comply. And if someone is beyond, if someone has cardiac embryonic fetal activity, we won't be helping them get to an abortion in Texas, right? Did it require some sort of discussion to come to that conclusion? Yeah. Hey, guys, we're all complying with this thing. We're not going to try to dodge it. I, I don't know if it required a discussion as much as, hey, we need to do everything we can to be in existence. And if we if we don't comply with this law, then we will definitively be sued, right? So I don't know if there was as much of a discussion as it was, hey, we know this is here. We want to continue to help Texans. So let's comply with the law so we can continue to do that instead of be shut down. More with Ana Rupani after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I keep thinking about people who are are patients that you're helping at Fun Texas Choice who were really close to a cutoff point. Maybe they had a procedure scheduled and then they hit up against the threshold beyond which they can't get an abortion. And now all of a sudden it's illegal because the new ban went into effect. Are you working with someone like that or many people like that? Do you know how those people are coping Yeah. I mean, I will say the franticness that we felt in the last couple of weeks with our clients has been huge and clinics had started seeing more patients and they'd increased the amount of folks they were seeing. And so on average, we would like our program, Gordon Anderson sees like six to 10 clients a week. Um, and she was seeing 20 plus a week in the, the weeks leading up to September 1st. Um, so much so that Monday and Tuesday, she worked with 14 clients alone um, of this week. Um, And even though like all of us usually do a cutoff and set our boundaries of like, I can only serve so many people because of the work and time it takes. um, Every one of us just kind of said, let's, let's do what we can, um, how much we can, if we can't, that's absolutely understandable. And everyone else was like, no, we're giving until we absolutely can't on Tuesday until Tuesday night. Um, but I mean, I think the, the reality is, is we've been talking about what's going to happen. We've been talking about how to prepare for it, but all of us were like, we're not going to entirely know what it's going to look like until we start doing the work post September or post nine one. Um, this is not something I say lightly many folks we force to carry their pregnancies to term. Many folks will have to do it because they cannot make those trips. They cannot make those trips. They cannot do, do the long distance, unfortunately. And so there is a lot of, it is very hard because they have to cope with the fact that they may never be able to make that trip um, and be forced to carry the pregnancy to term or take matters into their own hands. I've read this everywhere that, the new Texas law does not penalize people getting abortions. But when I hear you, to listen to you describe the obstacles it puts in place, it may as well be a penalty. It does feel like that, yes. Um, The laws are unnecessarily restrictive, unnecessarily overburdening. And so it probably does feel like that. And I'm not going to minimize that. I would feel the same way. The reason I keep trying to say that it that it doesn't penalize clients is because I want them to hear that organizations like Fund Taxes Choice, Jane's Due Process, Frontera Fund, AFIA Center, T Fund, Lilith Fund, West Fund, the Bridge Collective Clinic Access Support Network, 
these organizations that are doing the grassroots work on the ground are there for you. Like we want to make this journey a little less difficult. You said this law is meant to confuse people because the way it's being talked about, people think that they will be charged or or somehow, you know, put in a dragnet because they've obtained an abortion. And the reality is that it it puts people like you on the hook. But I'm thinking about like the downstream effects and thinking, well, how many clinics will stay open? How many people will go to work at providers or how many people will go to work for Fund Texas Choice and groups like it if they could get sued for up to $10,000. I mean, are you playing out those kinds of scenarios? I think everyone's been playing out those scenarios and I think everyone's doing it collectively. I think folks are talking and deciding what this means and how this could impact the organization. I think FT, Fund Texas Choice has been preparing for this um, for the last several months. I think other organizations have been preparing for this. How do you prepare for the possibility of like a war of attrition like this, you know, death by a million lawsuits. <laughs> um, you can't. I think you mentally are preparing for the onslaught and you're trying to make sure there's money there to do it. And that's why donations and fundraising are so important. And that's why I encourage everyone to donate to the nine Texas abortion funds that I've been talking about nonstop for the last several days. Um, because we're on the ground doing the work. And I, and the thing is, is we're autonomous organizations and you're right. Like the point of this is to make us not be in existence, but I think the will of the people is stronger. And I think the will of Texans who continue to just show up for Texans is greater. Um, And I think that there's a way that we can survive You sound like you're picturing something in your mind when you say that, when you say Texans will help other Texans. Um, It's not something I'm picturing. It's something I've seen, right? Fun Texas Choice was created because another law targeted clinics in 2013 called House Bill 2, and it basically shuttered more than 50% of the clinics immediately. And we were founded because... Texans stepped up for Texans. We all stepped in for each other. Um, And the outpour of donations and love and support that we have all seen convinces me that Texans are here for Texans and they will support them. And I don't just mean Texans that are in Texans. I mean Texans that were here and left and still support the cause and are angry and frustrated that their home state is doing the things it's doing. Ana Rupani, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Ana Rupani is the co-executive director of Fund Texas Choice. Now that the Texas ban has taken effect, Fund Texas Choice plans to help patients obtain abortions outside of Texas if their pregnancies have progressed past that six-week mark. Ana believes this strategy is legal, but says she's aware it will be scrutinized by anti-abortion advocates. That's the show. What Next is produced by The Best in the Business, Elena Schwartz, Davis Land, Daniel Hewitt, and Carmel Del Shad. Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery do the deputizing around here. I'm Mary Wilson, filling in for Mary Harris. Thank you for listening. Hey guys. 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.